Welcome back to an all new episode of Dirtcast. I am your co host, Megan Reynolds. And I'm your other co host, Madeline Davies. And I bet you missed us. You certainly did. Later on in this episode, we will be talking to Jezebel's very own pop culture reporter, Hazel Sills, about her piece, The Girlfriend is Always to Blame, which is about Mac Miller's death and how many people blamed his ex-girlfriend, Ariana Grande, for it. And now that's not the first time that that has happened in pop culture. Yeah. In fact, it happens quite often. Literally almost all the time. Um, I think it has something to do with the fact that people hate women. That's weird. That's yeah. so crazy. Um, but before we get into that uplifting content, I would like to ask you, Madeline Davies, a question. I would love to hear a question. Mm, how are you? I'm a little frazzled. No, walk me through it. I was out of town this weekend in Delaware mm-hmm. where... The infrastructure is terrible, but the taxes are practically non-existent. Um, <laughs> Let's all move to Delaware. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. And it is sort of a longer drive than I think I was prepared for. It's not close. It's like three and a half hours, so it could be worse. Oh, I, why did I think it was like nine hours? I don't know. <laughs> Bye. Good night. Talk to you later. <laughs> um, but yeah, I like got dropped off at the subway that I to take it here. And so I, like, didn't get to go home. Oh, I get Ran it. Ran right into it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was good. It was a good time. I can't complain about that. Great. Um, I think I got a bit of a sunburn, but that's okay because it just, what it does is it just burns your body acne off is yeah. my theory. <laughs> it, no, you're right. 100%. I think that's true. But other than that, I mean, I told them I'd give them a shout out. Shout out to Franny and Robert for getting me here exactly on time. Oh my God. Thank you to them. Um, so I doubt you're listening to this, but <laughs> here's that. <laughs> That's um, great. That's wonderful. Meggie, Meg Salad. Woof. You tell me what's Holy up with you. Holy Christ. Meg Salad. That's a good one. Um, I am, I think I'm getting sick. No. Uh, I can't tell if it is just the mugginess that has been like unyielding. Yeah. Or I'm actually getting sick, which I'm probably due for a light illness. Where are you feeling it? Um, I feel a little in the head. Mm, I feel a little stuffy, fe- a little stuffy, a little fever adjacent, possibly. Um, we'll see, but I can't wait to stay up until eleven thirty, live blogging the Emmys for Jezebel.com. Yeah, if you're listening, go back to Monday. Go back to Monday, which is when we're recording. And read this live blog. And read this live blog. I mean, I think we should um, talk about it as if it has happened. The Emmys. <laughs> um, and just say, like, God, that Colin Jost. <laughs> Never in the world has there been a comedian more deserving of his Michael, position. I'm so happy that Colin Jost... Scammed his way into fucking host of the Emmy Awards. Yeah. Again, like what a deserving person. Yeah. My thing with Michael Che and Colin Jost is that I think Michael Che is an asshole. Totally. But he is funny. I like, agree. As a comedian, agree, like actually. he like has yeah, yeah. good jokes and he's like. He so, makes like, me laugh. And, yeah. So he like makes me laugh. he makes sense to me as like a a person who is ostensibly famous for, for doing being funny. Yes, correct. Jost, I'm at a real loss. He's not funny. He is 
smug in a way that I like can't parse, but don't really like. Yeah. Just no. Joe's roast. This is a real Joe's roast happening right now. (laughs) I think we should move right the heck on since it's been so long since we've sat here in this room together. So true. It's been a few weeks. It's been a few weeks and how I've missed you. Yeah, I could have used a few more. (laughs) (laughs) T-B-H. Okay. Let's get into the dirtiest fucking dirt. Let's get into the dirtiest fucking dirt. This first one is like, I actually just want to lay down. I know. Instead of talking about it. I know, same. Let's, all right, I'll do it. So, (sighs) Sunyi Previn, the wife of Woody Allen, has finally broken her like decades-long silence in a long, weird, meditative, like personal essay in New York Magazine's Vulture written by Daphne Merkin. Who's a friend of Woody Allen? Who, yes, she really didn't have to admit it because it's pretty obvious when you start I mean, reading I'm glad the thing. That she did. I'm glad she disclosed for sure, but she says that she's been a friend of Woody Allen's for like decades. Yeah, it's, like since Sunyi was a child. Yeah, I mean the whole thing is kind of about how she feels that Mia Farrow has like hijacked the Me Too movement and unfairly maligned. Woody Allen, to which I say, shut up. To which I say, that's all I can say. I know. I read this when this was published on Sunday night at like 8 p.m., which is a really cool time to be publishing anything of this sort, especially because Sunday night at 8 p.m. is the time where like if I have not looked at the internet all weekend, I will check it. I will just like look around to see what the fuck, so I don't go into Monday being, like, blindsided. Yeah. And then when I did that, this is what I saw and was like, ah. Just, like, shrank like the witch in the Wizard of of Oz. (laughs) I just, like, dissolved. But, yeah, this is, this whole piece is very rude to Mia Farrow. This is mildly controversial. Mm. Okay. I believe that Mia Farrow was a bad mom. Yeah. I believe that she maybe even could, like, I think, you know, she could have had some sort of, like, I'm not saying she had, like, Munchausen by proxy, but I could see her being kind of that type. Okay. The fact that, like, so many of her children have, like, very weird relationships to her. Yeah. Or are no longer alive. Yeah. I think, like. really fucked. Yeah. I mean, and not to, like, this is literally the purpose of this episode. We are not pinning these deaths on her. We but, are not. But I know one of them died as, like, a street person, as an adult. Yes, 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 um, yes. That's in there. And so it's like, I don't want to negate Sunyi's story mm-hmm. or, like, claim that, like, these things couldn't happen. Because I think that it can be true that Mia Farrow was a bad mom and Woody Allen is a fucking creep and probably a child molester. Right. So it's like, I think that's where, like, my challenge comes in is, like, I don't feel like this negates anything right. that's been said or, like, you know— the work that Ronan Farrow's been doing, despite him being kind of a weenie, like, has been really amazing, groundbreaking work. You know, like... Um, no, that's true. He's you know, like, a weenie. <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like, I don't want to deny her her right to her story. But at the same time, it's like, what is this supposed to accomplish? You know, does this... Is it to 
expose Mia Farrow? Is it to kind of reinstate Woody Allen's reputation? Right. Which I feel I'm leaning more towards that based on the like how frequently he like pops into the interview and oh, yeah. has someone to say. Um, yeah, I think it is mostly about like positioning Woody as someone we should pay attention to again. Also, like, regardless. While using Sunyi as, like, the vehicle to do that, which is fucking lame. Yes? People love, like, Alan Defenders love to be like, it wasn't his adopted daughter. And he and Mia Farrow were never married, so it mm. wasn't his stepdaughter. Right. I, like, you could put the Dylan Farrow thing, her accusation that she was truly molested by him. Mm-hmm. You could put that to the side completely, and I don't think you should, but I'm saying, like, pretend that that— If you wanted to, yes, you —accusation could. never occurred. Right. And I still see a man who met his girlfriend's daughter when she was 10 and right. essentially groomed her. And that, like, it's like, she was like, yeah, it wasn't until I was a teenager that he started taking me to basketball games and, like, kind of, like, realizing that he, that I, like, wasn't as dull as Mia said and that he could relate to me. And, like, that is, like, classic old man predator shit is to, like, make these people feel like they're kind of too mature for their circumstances. Totally, totally. I mean, it's laid out very clearly in his film Manhattan. Do you still love me or what? Do you love me? Yeah, that's what, yeah, of course, that's what this is all about. Guess what, I turned 18 the other day. I'm legal, but I'm still a kid. You know, such a kid, 18 years old. You know, you can. Yeah, God. I mean, yeah, like his continued obsession with teenage girls. It started in, again, I would say the most explicitly in Manhattan. Yeah. And then continued on as a thread throughout forevermore. I'm sure that they're happy that they got the traffic. Yeah. It's, um, I think, like a point that Suni keeps making in it is that, like, if this was just, like, a predator situation, mm-hmm. how have they lasted so long? And I was like, that shit happens all the time. Yeah, it's a constant. So, I mean, great. Glad, again, congratulations on the traffic. I hope she finds happiness in her life. The eternal dirt cast bottom line for anything is, I hope you find happiness at some point down the line. What do you... I couldn't give less of a shit. Yeah. I hope you die. happier note, maybe Justin Bieber and Haley Baldwin had a courthouse marriage last An age-appropriate An age-appropriate courthouse marriage last week. But apparently they say that they are not married yet. I mean, that makes sense because yeah. they're so Jesus-y. That's true. That is true. They tied, They had a civil ceremony. Haley Baldwin tweeted, I understand where the speculation is coming from, but I'm not married yet. That is because of, I mean, I assume Justin Bieber is not an American citizen, right? He's still Canadian. He's still a Canadian citizen. I think so. That's my assumption. Um, I don't know why, but maybe she just, maybe she married him so he could become, 
I don't know. I do not know why they did this first. I think a lot of people actually do that, though, or they'll, like, have a courthouse marriage just to, like, take the pressure off. Oh, nice. I mean, like, I know people who have, like, done that where they've had, like, weddings. Oh, and then they get married, like, both either before or after, depending. Yeah, usually it's, like, it's usually after, and it's just sort of like, all right, let's just do this for ourselves and, you know. Oh, that's nice. Um, But I feel like for them it, it must be, like, logistical. I think it's God. Let's see here. Oh, it's definitely. No, I mean, they're definitely like not married in the eyes of God yet. No, no, no. 100%. Let's see. Adds a religious source. This is from people. What happened at the courthouse is a courthouse thing, a legal thing. But marriage is two people making a vow before God and the people they love. So they are legally married, but they're going to have their God marriage is going to happen, apparently. The couple was very emotional. Bieber said to Baldwin, I can't wait to marry you, baby. And court, and <laughs> Bieber also told someone at court, thanks for keeping it on the DL. <laughs> Which I just think is really funny. I mean, <laughs> Because mazel. it's not on the fucking DL. Congrats to these crazy kids. Maddie, I have a feeling that my... I was thinking about the bet that we made about Ariana Grande and Pete Davidson, I'm probably going to lose. Why? This Mac Miller thing. I don't think they're going to last beyond, you know, I think this is like, I feel like they're not going to last now past this. I think this was like a big, obviously unexpected, um, but I think that this will be like a big impact on their relationship or it could strengthen it in a way. Who knows? Can't back out now. I'm not backing out. I'm fine. I mean, I hate losing, but I'll do it if I have this to. This is a case where I hope I lose. I want love to win. Love should almost always win. But does it? <laughs> so congratulations to Justin Bieber and Haley Baldwin. I can't wait to see when they actually get married. Two young upstarts making it work. Yeah. I can't wait to see her dress. I cannot wait to see what Bieber is going to wear to his God wedding. Someone at work speculated that it would be one of those t-shirts that has the tuxedos on it. (laughs) And if that is the case, I'll be very happy. I um, hope they get married in a mega church. And I hope uh, Reverend Carl from uh, Hillsong Hillsong officiates. Me too. I think that'd be nice. I'd love it. This item is fun. Yeah, it is painful. So Fashion Week, New York Fashion Week has ended on last week on Thursday. Thank God. Thank God. Um, Sick sick of seeing all those beautiful women on the train (laughs) clutching their lookbooks. You know, many things happen, blah, blah, blah. Here's one thing that did happen that I really enjoy. Nicki Minaj and Cardi B have a sort of... mm, they have like a light to medium. I say it's a medium to medium heavy beef. Yeah, and it's kind of been simmering for a while. Yeah, it's, it's like a stew situation that's been simmering. It's almost ready. It's probably no one has been watching the pot. It boiled over. Boiled over. Here is what happened. They were at a fashion week party hosted by Harper's Bazaar. I have not seen anything like confirmed confirmed about why or how like what sparked this, but Apparently, according to this thing that I'm reading, Megan, I, this yes? isn't confirmed cast. Okay. It's dirt cast. Okay. Speculate wildly. Okay. Um, apparently, fucking, the, the issue is that Nicki Minaj was seen liking various posts on social media that were talking shit about Cardi's um, ability, or Car- Cardi as a mother. 
Which is fucking low as hell. It's low. It's also, it's very petty. It's also very stupid. Everyone just fucking stop. In any case, Cardi approached Nikki at a table at this fashion party, sort of lunged at her. There was probably like a little scuffle. And then, I don't think they ever made contact. They definitely didn't make contact because of security. But what did make contact with Nicki Minaj, what, no, actually this did not make contact either, but Cardi threw her shoe at her. Yeah, and then she just like didn't even need it. Didn't <laughs> no. need it back. She took her she took her shoe off. She threw her shoe at Nicki Minaj. There is an an instantly iconic photo of Cardi B leaving this party. She's wearing this giant red dress. She is barefoot. She's walking down like some beautiful stairs flanked by her security detail. She has a huge knot on her head. Yeah, she's got like a big egg. Like a shine like a comic book size like knot on her head. And she looks, if I may, at peace. I mean, it's not like her first scrap. You know? No, 100%. But she also Instagrammed a screenshot of her notes app. Ah, uh, yes. It said, I've let a lot of shit slide. I let you sneak diss me. I let you lie on me. I let you attempt to stop my bags, fuck up the way I eat, threaten other artists in the industry, told them if they work with me, you'll stop fucking with them. I let you talk big shit about me. I addressed you once in person. I addressed you a second time in person. And every time you copped the plea. But when you mention my child, you choose to like comments about me as a mother, make comments about my abilities to take care of my daughter, is when all bets are fucking off. I've worked hard and come too far to let anybody fuck with my success. Bitches talk all that shit in their raps, but in real life, they pussy. Sorry, I just want that on a t-shirt. In real life, they pussy. I mean, it's a fair point, and uh, it's not not untrue. I'm, like, genuinely terrified of Nicki Minaj's fans. Oh, Um, same. But she is, like, notably terrible. She's so threatened by other female artists. And Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, like, like, doing things with, like, people where she won't work with them if they work with a certain person. Right. It's just so petty and not in the fun way, you know? Mm. It's been evident that Nikki has been threatened very much so by Cardi's sort of meteoric rise. And she does not know how to process any possible unseating of herself. And this is how she's choosing to do it. Whereas the way that you should be doing it is through your music... Yeah, like just like release something that's just like, like fire good. and no one can deny. Right. There was also light Nikki and Cardi beef beyond the Fashion Week stuff around the New York State primary. I really <laughs> love that. Like they continued their beef into but, like, the election. Into like the political sphere because Cardi B endorsed Cynthia Nixon, who unfortunately lost, and Nikki endorsed Andrew Cuomo, who who won? Yeah. In this, at least, she emerged <laughs> victorious. <laughs> so that was that was like a fun addition. That was like a fun extension. Just makes me more all about Cardi. Yeah, I mean, Cardi just. I think all Cardi wants to do is raise her child, make money, and uh, that's it. I mean, and if any uh, Barb's are listening to this, Ugh. I am so sorry. Please leave me. Please don't bother me. Don't bother Maddie. Um, I will. I'll. Like a submissive dog, just she will roll on my back immediately. <laughs> if you do bother her once, it will be. Don't worry about it. Like, yeah, she'll give up. It's okay. I will wet myself. <laughs> yeah. I will do whatever <laughs> needs to be done to just let you know that I am Jake, a loser. Gotta go. Not worth your time. The big drama around the U.S. Open. 
Oh. And Serena getting around. So the final of the U.S. Open, Naomi Osaka, who's like 22 or 20, she's young. She's playing for Japan. She's half Haitian, half Japanese. Um, she was playing against Serena Williams. Serena's like one of her idols, blah, blah, blah. That is already story in and of itself. She got warned because the umpire uh, ruled that she was getting coached from the sidelines, which okay. uh, you're not allowed to do, but most right. umpires are usually like pretty relaxed about it. Yeah. Serena was like, if it did, I didn't see anything. And she's like, I'm not a cheater. Oh, you were attacking my character. Yes, you are. You owe me an apology. You will never, ever, ever be on another court of mine as long as you live. But that ended up resulting in a penalty. And then she right. got another penalty later after she broke her racket. Mm. And it was just like behavior that male tennis players exhibit all the fucking time. They like love to do that. People love a bad, like a bad boy. Like, right. John McEnroe was the only tennis player I could think of. I mean, but he's like someone who's built his entire post-athletic career on the fact that he had an anger problem. Right. A positive to come out with of this is how the like entire tennis community was like, this is bullshit. Like I've, you know, people like really rallied behind Serena Williams to the point where they were able to like prove that this actually was just like unjust. Yeah. um, That's nice. And it just, I feel so bad for Naomi. Me too. It was just like, this was like her dream. I know, and she won. She apparently, from my what my tennis friend says, that she played very good tennis. Yeah. Well, I mean, and it was clear that they were really supporting each other. Oh, totally. And it was also clear, I think, that, like, the audience was booing at U.S. tennis and not, not her. Because, exactly. like, anytime, like, it would be like, and you're a winner, Naomi Osaka. Like, the audience would cheer. Ugh. Right, right, right. But any other... But right. if it was, like, uh, you know, when it was just, like, the tennis board mm-hmm. talking, that's mm-hmm. when people were booing. Ugh. Um, but it's just like I just feel so bad for her. Just because it's like it should be this like dream come she's true. So young. I mean, she'll. Great news is that she's an excellent tennis player, and this will. It sucks that her first like major win of this nature were overshadowed by this fucking bullshit. Further, uh, you know, this is just further evidence that I need to not watch sports. <laughs> so that's where I, that's what I'm taking from it. Um, I know too much already. Sports are so fun. Sitting across from me in the studio is the ethereal, the angelic, the transcendent, the uh, <laughs> transcendently sweet <laughs> Hazel Sills. <laughs> Where is this coming from? Our pop culture reporter at Jezebel. Hi, Hazel. Hi. What a good intro. Look, I just feel like there's been a lot of rumors of beef. Oh, oh I see we're doing this now. <laughs> a lot of rumors of beef, and I just wanted to... A lot to, of death threats. A lot of... Yes. I, I've said some things I regret about Hazel. Hazel has a security detail now as a result of these uh, um, rumors. And I just want to make it clear that I am putting aside my grudge for the interview only. I really appreciate that. I also really am glad. Yeah. Thank you. So we are going to be talking about something that both Hazel and I have written about recently. 
Following the tragic passing of Mac Miller, the internet reverted to what it always does, which is ruin women's lives. Mm. Um, And a lot of people were immediately blaming his ex-girlfriend, Ariana Grande, despite the fact that he's been very open about having pretty major substance abuse issues for his entire career. He said that he's had them since he was 15. So we're going to kind of talk about that trend, which you can see long before the internet even was a thing, of sort of how we take these like male icons of pop culture and we blame their female partners for their demise. Uplifting stuff. Yes. Um, (laughs) Yes, it is. (laughs) So fun. Um, But yeah, so it's, I guess we can like start out just talking a little bit about the saga of Mac Miller Mm. and Ariana Grande. So Mac Miller and Ariana Grande, they dated for about two years. Their breakup was relatively amicable, but it was highly publicized. And Grande was has been the target of his fans' ire. She has been blamed for his rea- like his behavior after their breakup. Yeah. They broke up in April, I think. Um, and very soon after the fact, he uh, got into a hit and run. Mm-hmm. Um, it and was a was, DUI. Yeah, right? and was yeah. very, very drunk. And that was kind of like the first wave of people being like, this is Ariana Grande. She made him depressed, so he drank. She made him depressed, so he does drugs. And it was also right when she started dating Pete Davidson almost immediately. And so people were like, oh, he just is so heartbroken. Where I think Mac Miller was always like, this has nothing to do with that. Like, I just like have major issues that I am trying to work through. Yeah. And there was that, uh, there was a fan who tweeted about right after the DUI about Ariana Grande and Mac Miller, basically about how, like, why did Ariana Grande have to be so public with her new relationship Mm -hmm, or something? Or why did she have to leave Mac when he was struggling? And she replied to him with that long kind of, like, notes at message where she said, I'm not a babysitter or a mother, and no woman should feel that they need to be. I have cared for him and tried to support his sobriety and prayed for his balance for years, and always will, of course— but shaming, blaming women for a man's inability to keep his shit together is a very major problem. And so she was just was responding directly to all those fans who, you know, made it seem that made it seem like she was totally responsible for his well-being. Right. And kind of remarkably, not to like give a trophy for this, but the <laughs> the original fan who had tweeted at her um, was like, you're right. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. Which is like. <laughs> <laughs> a nice bright that's nice that, yeah, like, that's wow, nice you learned. That you, like, listened. Yeah. And then you learned. That's yeah. weird. That's nice. I genuinely think that, like, all of the... Well, maybe this is really giving everyone the benefit of the doubt. But I think most of those fans who are tweeting, like, fuck you, Ariana Grande, mm-hmm. for what you did to Mac Miller, if, if they realized that the person was reading... I mean, we get hate comments all the time. Yeah. Online, yeah. And I think sometimes when people realize that there's an actual human being on the other end. They're like, oh, I'm uh, I'm I'm so sorry. sorry. Like, I did not mean to say that. And it's like, yeah, Mm. yeah, you did. You did. You said it, so. There kind of is this very pervasive stand-by-your-man sort of uh, cultural norm. And I guess it's kind of a global norm, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you're kind of supposed to, like, put up with a lot of shit. And those women who do are, like, just considered to be, like, these stoic, you know, really just, like, Thinking about, like, Jackie O, like, just obviously, like, 
assuming, I assume she knew about uh, her husband's dalliances. Yeah. Um, and just like thinking about like her, how she just like put on a brave face through it all and was just a good first lady. Right. Um, when all that kind of does is pressure people into like staying in really toxic relationships that could lead to their own issues, demise or yeah, yeah. Or stuff, like, you know, physical or emotional suffering and it grosses me out and makes me just like sad because I feel like we have not evolved as people as much no. as we'd like to think we have. No, I mean, there's always, yeah, a, women, a woman standing by her partner who's doing all sorts of things that are destructive to him or to her, to like society at large, like that will always be, you know, that will always be put on a pedestal more so than someone who is like, fuck this, I'm trying to take care of myself because that... For some reason, the idea of a woman leaving a man in his time of need is always seen <laughs> Which is as, all the time. Which is literally <laughs> fucking constantly um, at every waking moment is seen as a selfish act. But if a man were to do that. Yeah. It also is such like a lose-lose situation in that kind of like no matter what, you end up being responsible for your partner or ex-partner's behavior where it's just like, I think about like women who are married to men who have been accused in the Me Too movement. Mm. And it's just sort of like they sort of have to answer for it. Or I think a lot about like Alison Brie getting asked about James Franco mm -hmm. on the red carpet because mm -hmm. she's married to his brother, Dave Franco. Oh, yes. And she, I think she like answered as elegantly as she could where she was just like, I don't know the details. Yeah. And I know people gave her such a hard time for that, but it's like, you're making her deal with this shit that she's associated to by marriage and isn't even married to the person? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I wait. I hold off on giving people shit until they do, like, what uh, Julie Chen did recently. Oh, yeah. Where they're like, outright. Yeah, where she's like, I'm Julie Chen Moonves for the very first <laughs> time to, like, be like, I'm standing by right. my lecherous husband. My gross, rich husband. Yeah. I think, like, as well, like, with Mac Miller and also... Uh, you know, a lot of like male artists, like I think addiction and issue, like issues of mental illness mm -hmm. are like so tied to like artistic genius. Yes, like mm -hmm. totally. You know, like I talked about Kurt Cobain in my piece and I think that there is this assumption that fans have that, you know, when you date a troubled artist, like you're just supposed to accept like their all, darkness and, mm -hmm. and all of their issues. Right. Yeah. And, and you're lucky even yeah, that you got to, to be, be in like that close orbit. To yeah. greatness in that yeah. way. Like I think fans who were mad at Ariana Grande for stepping away were like genu genuinely thought like if I like was if it Max's were me, friend mm -hmm. or girlfriend, I would never step away. Yeah. Like I'd be there the whole time. Yeah. Like you don't fucking <laughs> Which know Which is kind of creepy. Which is, I mean, yeah. it's just like uh, this is like a dark extension of like all of stan culture oh i yeah. think like all of this like everyone just jumping against her like immediately after the news of his um of his suicide broke well it is just such like an immature mentality and that i feel like that's i had that you know when i was in middle school and high school where it's like you were like kind of attracted to these very tragic figures mm. and just like god they're so complex and they're so you know there's so many layers and just like, I know I can fix this person oh and God. what have you. And then you actually like meet some of those idiots, you know, when mm. you go to college or when you just like are out mm -hmm. in the world and you're like, oh, you're just the worst. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. 
nobody can fix People romanticize it. Yeah. 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 And it's like, well, it's easy for you to experience all that in his music, Mm -hmm. but you don't live with him and you don't have to deal with an addict like on a daily basis or like actually be in their life. And it's obviously a lot more complicated than that. So like what could happen to shift that mentality? Mm. You know, like I guess having... Ariana Grande, like, respond to that fan is, like, one thing where she, you know, was more assertive than people maybe have been in the past. Calling it out, I suppose, is helpful. Otherwise, it's like, what are we doing with our lives? Yeah. Um, (laughs) Calling it out and also, like, just in a music context, like, I think that I, like, the girlfriend gets a lot projected onto her. Yeah. Like, the ghost of Yoko Ono, Mm. like, runs very deep. (laughs) And it actually is just Yoko on a dress as a ghost. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> She's just haunting every single women artist who's okay. like married to a male artist. But yeah, I think like being an artist girlfriend, you get a lot of shit projected mm-hmm. onto you. And I think someone like Ariana Grande kind of like defies that because she's also very famous, arguably more famous than sure. Mac Miller, more successful than Mac Miller. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's it's just accepting that like these women are people right like mm-hmm. actual people with mm-hmm. full lives and aspirations and, and complications of their own and yeah. whatever else like yeah. full rounded so human people beings. need to i guess the answer is like people need to think of women as, <laughs> as <Right>. human <laughs> like so many other things it comes back to that we're like oh how do we solve this like problem? oh my god this problem it's so Yo. big it's just like address their humanity it's not a big deal uh, i would like to revisit TMZ in particular, mm. their framing, because I think that's the first place that I noticed it. You caught it. I caught it. So TMZ, of course, broke the story because they are, are the devil. Are the devil. They're but. everywhere. The <laughs> devil is in everything. And they're, it's yeah. them. They're the devil that, that we all uh, depend on. Unfortunately. Yes. We're the devil. Turns out. Just the devil's oh handmaidens. They're the devil. Anyway, I could do this for a while. Please continue. But in the original... Uh, article, they said, Miller has had trouble recently with substance abuse in the wake of his breakup with Ariana Grande. Mm. The rapper wrecked his G-Wagon by wrapping it around a utility bowl pole back in May and was arrested for a DUI and hit and run. And then it like goes back into some more Ariana Grande stuff. I mean, mentioning that he broke up with Ariana Grande, like that's just, it's irresponsible. It's rude to Ariana Grande. <laughs> it's yeah. just like, it's willfully ignoring um the, like the very clear history of substance abuse and addiction issues that Mac Miller had leading up to his death. They were implying that he started struggling yeah. after yeah, the yeah. breakup, which is not true. He's been right. in the wake of his breakup. Right. Yeah, yeah. And so they changed it to something that was like so slightly his more whole active. life and in the wake right. of his yeah. breakup. He's like, <laughs> all this other time and then Continued, also after. Yeah. It just kept going. Yeah. Um, Ugh. Which is still pretty fucked up because that whole report is framed around his relationship with Ariana. Mm-hmm. And you see that a lot, like where it's like ex-boyfriend of Ariana Grande or that type of thing. And then, yeah, and then these like fans get in on it. And it's like, I think, I hope a lot of them are really young. Oh, yeah. And, you know, like yeah. are learning to like process sadness, <laughs> I feel like, which I feel like there was, you know, we all probably had something similar as we were teens where it was just like yeah I'm team whatever and then you kind of realize like oh none of us have any idea what we're talking about 
I mean, I think something that you said earlier, Hazel, about how Ariana Grande's response to the harass, like the person who was giving her shit like in May, is just that people need to see that there's like a bot, like a human mm-hmm. behind like the avatar, like the avatar of fame that she is. So we can talk about some other examples of this happening. And I think, Hazel, you did your piece, which was called The Girlfriend is Always to Blame, is available to read on Jezebel.com at this moment. At this very moment and in perpetuity. Um, Named a lot of, you like went kind of deep into this phenomenon as opposed to just like being like, this is one example of it. You provided plenty. Avicii, who died recently, um, everybody came for his girlfriend. Her name is Teresa Kasarova. And fans were speculating that he died because he was sick of her, which is fucking cuckoo magoo. Insane. Um, After Anthony Bourdain Uh, died, uh, there were some conspiracy theories that she either drove him to suicide or had a literal hand in his death, Um, which I think that's another thing that needs to just be talked about more is like the realities of depression and anxiety because it's like a lot of this is like, a point I made was like, no one dies from a broken heart. Correct. Yes. You know, like you die because you are addicted to drugs and you maybe have depression and, you know, like and these are the things, things that. Right. Those factors combine. And then. Yeah, yeah. You think about like someone like Anthony Bourdain, who's like, again, been really public about like. Mm-hmm. And his, very open. Uh, yeah. His mental health issues. And it's just like, that's like another thing that I think we just need to be more comfortable talking about is. Just sort of like the realities of mental health. It's just something we need to be more open discussing is just sort of like what it actually means to suffer from these disorders. Right. And what they can do to you. Yeah, it's crazy that it's easier to think of someone murdering their boyfriend Mm -hmm. rather than their boyfriend struggling with with depression. For like their whole lives and then, right. There's also one of the other two examples that I think we've already talked about Courtney Love was accused of by fans of being an instrumental part of Kurt Cobain's suicide. Can I say, like, the Courtney Love and Kurt Cobain thing is insane because there are still people. Oh, yeah. People who, like, we know who believe that. What do you mean we know? I don't know. People, like, I feel like there are people in my world who genuinely believe that Courtney killed Kurt Cobain. That's another example as well of, you know, a really famous troubled male artist mm-hmm. who dated someone who was also super famous and troubled. Mm-hmm. And I, I do think that there's an element to those accusations of just being angry at the girlfriend for having a career or for having right. her own, like... Like her own Her shit own going life, on. Right. basically. Yeah. Like, why can't you just stay in the background? And, and I don't know. be the silent support for, like, yes. this troubled genius. yes. Of course, again, our queen of this conversation, Yoko, Yoko. (laughs) babe. She uh, was accused when her when John Lennon died of not grieving him properly, which is so terrifically fucked up because grief is so complicated and so different for 
every single human being. It also doesn't take into account, like, cultural differences of how, you know. Right. She's not American. Like, we're right. much more uh, Open. expressive with our emotions, I think. And so I think that just completely erases that part of the narrative. Not that anyone's, like, way of grieving should be judged by anybody. Right. Unless she was just, like, seen, like, hawking his wares on the street and yeah. chuckling. Yeah, she didn't, like, set up a sheet and sell all this shit in front of the Dakota. That would have been a different thing. Yeah. But, I mean, people need to—I don't know. People grieve in their own very different ways. People need to do what they need to do to get through shit. In a story from 1980 about Lennon's murder, a Roosevelt Hospital attendant told reporters she wasn't crying. She's got $30 million coming to her. Do you blame her for being so cool? She's also very fucked up. Sounds like the father of her <laughs> child. And then this last example, Michelle Williams and Heath Ledger, they were divorced at the time when Heath uh, died. And people were—and she got the—she got custody of their child, Matilda. And people said that her divorcing him and taking the child away from him drove him to his eventual death, which, again— Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> and, like, like, we all know the real woman to blame in that is Mary-Kate Olsen. Oh, so. my God. Okay. Here we are talking about death <laughs> oh, conspiracy theories. Right. That's not a conspiracy. Right. It, she didn't, wasn't responsible for his death. Oh no, no. I would never, I've never implied oh that. Oh, my Lord. But you just said if there's a woman to blame. Yeah, I, was, I know. The, it's called a juke. I know. You were, I was you were here a juke. Um. But I think that's crazy that that doesn't get talked about more, yeah. that she no. was, like, the last person he hung out with. Yeah. Again, yeah. I'm not saying she killed him. No, she did, no, no, we, no, because right. because because it's, you know, he she was his ex-wife, and mm -hmm. so she was the one that should have been taking care of him exactly. and shouldn't have taken— it, which taken the child was, she, such fucking She was like filming bullshit. a movie and took her to London or something. Right. Like, also, she probably had, like, custody— of the whatever I don't know. Ledger's family is like still super close with Michelle Williams, so it seems. Yeah, like, that's the mother of their grandchild. Like, yes. But I'm saying, I uh, think yes. if anybody like felt that she was to, like, I don't know, if anybody had a right to take his death personally in any way, I put on a special hat for this conversation. Thank you. It's Great a really hat. good hat. A Knight's Tale hat. It says a Knight's Tale. Film. Thank you for that it's emotional hat. Mm. What does it say on the back? It says he will rock you. Ah. <laughs> Yeah. I honestly saw that movie in theaters probably five times. I've literally never seen that. Film. What? It's a good movie. I've never, I haven't seen it five times, I've but I've seen, seen it, it zero times. Do I need to see it? What's it about? It's a knight and his tail. Thanks. Thank you. It's like anachronistic. So it's like basically about this, this pauper. Okay. Heath who okay. decides to like, he, the like knight that he serves dies, so he decides to like take over as the knight in these jousting competitions. Okay, and he and his friends start raking up some money. Oh, and they make another friend whose name is Geoffrey Chaucer. Oh God, um, <laughs> you've lost. I'm done. And it's like Thank set you. to like once a, you added Chaucer into the mix. <laughs> Honestly, Paul Bettany plays Chaucer, what? and he's incredible. All right, let's let's bring it back to. I can't believe I've never I've heard of that movie, but I feel okay that I haven't seen it. I was like, <laughs> that was like my stan when I was in middle school mm. was Heath Ledger. I loved. I once carried a picture of him in my bra. <gasps> <Hey>! <laughs> I loved him. 
This was a gift, by the way. I did not buy it for myself. It's okay if you did. <laughs> it's okay if you did. Um, let's. But I also will hmm. say I love Michelle Williams also. I, I do too. I also love Michelle Williams. I feel like she does not. I mean, there's no point in me saying that none of these women deserve any of this fucking bullshit. Oh, yeah. That I could dislike Michelle Williams and I still would feel. No, right. No, I mean, I, it's just, it, I feel like it just goes, I mean, it goes without saying, but I said it anyway. That's kind of interesting, too, in that Heath Ledger sort of marks what a lot of people consider to be, like, the beginning of, like, the opioid epidemic, like, hitting, like, like Hollywood. Yeah. Mm. Like, it's been, I think, he died maybe 10 years ago. And it was like, since then, there's been so many deaths. And I think before there were also a fair share of deaths, but it's like mounted so much in the past decade. Um, And so like a lot of, I've seen a lot of people use like the framing of like it starting kind of with Heath Ledger. Mm -hmm. So my question is, who would you like to bully off the internet? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I should start a burner account. You the, should. And then get into Maddie's DMs. Because <laughs> she's on Twitter so much now. It's true. <laughs> you uh, can dedicate an hour of your of every day to that if you want. I think it also shows like a really odd expectation of how serious these relationships should be. Mm. Where it's like, I think about, I mean, all of these people were in their 20s, are in their 20s when this happened. Yeah. Like, you know, not all of them, but like. Heath Ledger was 30, I think, when he died, you know, like, so he and Michelle Williams were in their 20s. Right. Uh, Ariana Grande and Mac Miller were obviously like young. Very young, yeah. Um, you know, Kurt and Courtney, very young. And it's just like, what, how many of, like, couples in their, tw- like, who meet in their 20s stay together forever, you know? Which is not to say that it can't happen, but it's just like, it just is like an unrealistic expectation yeah. about, like, yeah, when you are 23, 24, 25, like, you're going to, like, break up a lot and it doesn't really matter necessarily what you're going through together like you're right just... it's just the breaking up is like a natural consequence and also i think when you are to even if you're just like a regular like 23 24 25 year old in a relationship you either break up with that person or you don't whatever life happens but when you're famous i feel like the additional pressures of like fame and the expectations from your respective fans for you guys to like be together forever or whatever just makes the whole makes the whole thing seem like more, um, makes their entire relationship seem maybe more involved or more just like important than it might be to the people that are actually involved, which is why I think a lot of the reactions are so outsized because it's just like the, the looking at it through the lens of fame gets it on like a completely different plane that is just so divorced from what is the actual reality, which is something that we will never know because we um, are not there in their fucking relationship, which is great. I do think that there is, I mean, maybe this is controversial, but like I th- I do think that a lot of these fans are like in a very tiny way jealous totally. of the positions that yeah. these girlfriends have. So it's like that's not contra- yeah, we, that's... Were, we were there before Ariana Grande. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole thing fucking sucks. Hazel, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Anytime. Come back anytime. We'll see. Just a reminder that if you are someone who is struggling with substance abuse or your own mental health issues, 
there are places that you can reach out to. Um, here is one. It's the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration Helpline, and its number is 1-800-662-HELP. 1-800-662-HELP. Thank you so much for listening to Dirtcast. This episode was produced by Rachel Withers and was mixed by Brad Fisher. Majina Mofidi is our executive director of audio. Our theme music is by Stuart Wood. If you want to send us a tip or just let us know what you think, hit us up at dirtcast at jezebel.com. You can find us on Spotify, NPR One, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. And please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts.